Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning and welcome, Genesis. We're so glad you guys are here with us live. Glad that you guys are here with us online. Uh, let's pray as we get started this morning. Father, we gather together so that we can be strengthened, encouraged, and strengthen and encourage one another. And Lord, I pray that that would happen here, and I pray that would happen at homes and wherever people are watching or listening. Lord, that we would step into the life that you have given to us and be life for those around us. Thank you for this time and this opportunity. May our hearts be open. Father, may our spirits be willing to step into the life again that you are calling us into. We thank you for this opportunity. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, few announcements. I don't have a lot going on this week, but we do have Take Two happening on Wednesday. Um, last night, or last Wednesday, we had a great time uh, kind of with a panel. And a reminder that what we are wanting to do is encourage interaction and dialogue. Um, that's why we are doing Take Two and not just another Bible study. Nothing wrong with Bible studies, but we want to develop a voice among all of us. And so you're invited to come. We get together at 6.30, have some refreshments. 7 o'clock, we begin the dialogue, but you are allowed to participate in that dialogue to ask questions and to give comments and your uh, opinions, and that's welcome. And so, again, that's happening Wednesdays here at 6.30, and we're talking about what I talk about Sunday. So if you're here, you've heard something, or if you're online and you hear something and you have thoughts about it, if it sparks interest, if it sparks questions, please let us know. Uh, give us your input. We are richer because of what God does in and through you. And that's what we're trying to encourage. Um, also, just a reminder that uh, we are continuing to keep the lights on and everything happening because of your faithfulness in giving. And you can go to thegenesisstory.com and find the ways to give uh, to contribute to what's happening here at Genesis. Um, I will have a total uh, next Sunday for how much we have raised for Haiti. Um, I think it's about $2,800. Yeah, $2,800 or $2,900. So again, thank you for everyone who has contributed to that. Remember, we are buying Bibles for a community in Haiti in Creole so that they could have it in their language. So uh, we'll get you that final number. But 
<laughs> but if you give today, you can, you know. I won't say the Lord's going to come back sooner, but uh, we can help get the Bibles to those people. Um, this morning, we're continuing on really the politics of Jesus. I, I want to find another title but I can't think of one right now. So really, we're talking about hypocrisy today. Um, and I want to talk to you this morning about Pop-Tarts, Spider-Man, In-N-Out, a Paul McCartney concert, and the 10 Freeway. Okay? Open with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start at verse 1. And Jesus is continuing. Remember, there wasn't a chapter break. Jesus wasn't on the mount speaking, and he said, chapter six. He just is talking, and he's continuing to just give this incredible sermon that is still revolutionary to this day. In verse one of chapter six, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Here Jesus is giving this idea of not doing something to be seen, but as you recall in chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The difference between what he said earlier and what he says Here are five words, and the words are in order to be seen. Now, the issue is not getting caught doing good things. The issue is doing good things so that you can get caught. All right? It's a motive that's being addressed here. Why are we doing the things that we're doing? And righteousness to the religious leaders at this time was reduced to giving, to prayer, and to fasting. And so that's what Jesus is going to be talking about. And and when I say religious leaders, things don't change a whole lot. Religious leaders are those who are in power, right? It it is those whose voices are being heard. And the same thing's true today. It it is those who are able to publish the books and present them. It is those who are able to put themselves on TV and say the things like Randy mentioned, right? If we all just gave a little bit more, Jesus would come a little bit more quickly. Those kinds of things. Who are these people? Where they're, they're the ones who have the TV stations. They're the ones who are writing the books. They're the ones who make those cheesy movies, right? They are the ones who are, are doing these things and we hear that and it's bombarding. And so it starts to become the status quo that everyone just starts to hold on to. Well, I guess this is how things are done. Excuse me here, this thing's falling and I gotta 
fix it. Otherwise, it's going to pull on me all day. And, and so Jesus is focusing on heavenly reward, rewards and earthly rewards. And once again, heaven does not mean the place you go to when you die. It is the kingdom of God that is here now and still unfolding. And, and heaven and earth have to do with really different realms of authority that exist now. So heavenly treasure isn't gold streets in heaven and earthly treasure isn't just money. It has to do with authorities and things that are important to us here and now. Prioritizing the things of this world, prioritizing the things of God's kingdom. And so when he says to your father in heaven, it isn't your father who is somewhere else. It is your father who is ruling in a realm that is not earth, and this idea of will have no reward is detached or uh, lost from the realm in some way. In other words, the kingdom and the reward that God gives is a part of this realm, and the treasure that is here is detached from that realm. It, It is something that doesn't quite make that. It's not connected to that realm. And the idea of giving and reward, that term, they will receive that reward in full. The idea of in full, it's kind of like a receipt. This is what you get, right? It's like when you're in Costco and you're checking out and they look and they see in your cart is 48 Pop-Tarts. And so they look on the receipt to see if there's the ticket for 48 Pop-Tarts. And that's the real thing at Costco, 48 Pop-Tarts. Do not judge me for my childhood addictions. It's something that happens. And, and that receipt shows that this is what it is, and it connects it. And he's saying that what your reward will be here on earth for those things that you do to be seen is like that. It's a receipt. You see that? You got it? That's it. That's all you have is that receipt. It's an actual thing that happens, and it's there at that time. And the idea is that you have all you will get and nothing else. And Jesus used the word hypocrite. And and it's interesting because the word hypocrite, he uses it in this area of giving. He uses it in prayer and he uses it regarding fasting. And the word hypocrite means to put on a mask. And it was used in the theater at that time where the actors, who were all men, by the way, would play different roles, and so they would put a mask on to be a different role. They would put a mask on if they were being a woman. They would put a mask on if they were being a person from a different part of the country. And some scholars believe, and I didn't verify it, but a few have said that up until this time, the word was not used in a negative way. In other words, it wasn't like, you hypocrite, right? It was just seen, oh, there's a hypocrite. That's the person who wears a mask in theater. It was thought of as no big deal. It's just something that was. And now Jesus takes that word and he adopts it to this life situation and brings this whole new meaning, right? This idea of something that is not the real, it is a covering of what is actually underneath. 
So a hypocrite was just someone who played a role that wasn't who they really are, which kind of seems silly. Yesterday, my grandson Judah went to uh, Lori Acevedo's daughter's, Analea's birthday party, and it was a, a costume party as Halloween's coming up. And so my grandson got this Spider-Man outfit, right? And I'm sitting in my office and I'm kind of studying and he comes in fully dressed up. He comes in and he just stands there, like, right? And I go, and I'm like, ah, Spider-Man, what are you doing here? And he's like, nothing. And I go, oh, you know, are you gonna go to the party with, my, with, my, with Judah? And he goes, yeah. And I go, okay, can you watch him and make sure that all the kids are safe? And he goes like this. He gives me the thumbs up. And then he walks out and he tells Jordan, my son, he goes, it worked. He didn't know it was me. <laughs> oh, it was so cute. I want to cry. It, it's silly to think that you're someone else. But it's something we all do. Jesus affirms, right, giving is a good thing. But if you are giving to be seen, the other's impression of you is all that you receive. And then he doesn't just leave us with that. So, you know, you need to wait until your motives are better and then you can give. He actually gives us practical ways to step into this, all right? And he tells us, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Practice giving differently. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. It's as if the father only sees in this realm the secret motives, right? It's like this is the only thing he can see. It's like those glasses you get, you know, that have the green and the red. And if you put a certain color, you can't see it. Only see whatever that lens is showing you. It's like God can only see what's happening with this right motive, and so he's helping us to step into that attitude. This is the only place that shows up on his radar, is in this secret place, which is beautiful and troubling at the same time, right? It's beautiful because there is this idea of intimacy. There's this idea of, of genuine and it's troubling because I don't know how often I actually step into that role because I'm always thinking about what people think, what people see. The temptation is to glorify self while acting as if you're representing God. Look at the good I'm doing. Look at how I give. I've got a sticker. I voted. Who needs to know? I, why am I saying, yeah, that's, I, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, I, I'll go down so many rabbit trails in this, but I want to jump down to verse 16, in the same chapter. I, I'm going to talk about prayer next week. I wanted to do prayer separately, just because I think there's a lot there that um, is pretty deep. But in verse 16, he says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Literally in the Greek, you know what it says? It says they become unrecognizable in order to be recognized. 
Isn't that good? I mean, that's just rich right there. They become unrecognizable in order to be recognized. He goes on, he says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, I'm not gonna go into fasting right now. I I'm, I'm, didn't go into why it's important to give because that is not really the point of what Jesus is saying here. Just like early when we talked about divorce, he wasn't really talking about all the things about divorce. He was just dealing with the subject at hand. But this idea of hypocrisy we know that we are all hypocrites. At least I hope we do, right? Erwin uh, says this thing, we are all hypocrites in transition. And I love that because that's so accurate. We know that we are all hypocrites, but there is an intentional hypocrisy. And then there is, I think, a, a character hypocrisy, something that kind of leads to the other maybe, but one that isn't maybe as intentional. It's just kind of a part of the way we do things. There are some things that are just difficult to step into and understand. Our lives before God are best lived in the awareness of our weakness and the fragility and the things that are laid bare before God it, it doesn't need to be our manipulation or our pretending. Things that are simple, that you don't have to dress up, that you don't have to pretend. You don't have to try and make it something that it's not. When I take my granddaughters to eat, I hated taking them someplace to drive through because they couldn't make up their mind. Right, they they like to go someplace, and we'd be at McDonald's or wherever, and I'd say, "What do you want?" And we're like two cars away, you know, from the speaker, and it's like, "Um, um, I want the number five. I want the chicken. No, 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 no. Wait, we're two one car away. I want the. I'm like, well, you've had half hour. We've been in this line for a long time now. What do you want, right? And they can't make up their mind, and we're there, and I'm standing at the speaker just a minute, and they're just going on. I want a strawberry. No, no, no. I want chocolate, and I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just all frustrated. I'm feeling all panicked for the people. So I only took them to In N Out. What do you want? You can get a hamburger or a cheeseburger, right? It's like, keep it simple. We don't have to cover it with all these things. And I think sometimes when we remove all the other stuff that we put on our lives, it's easier to deal with the real. It's when we try to make ourselves up to be something we're not, the pretending, that manipulation that the hypocrisy starts to develop and become a part of our lives. The righteousness of Jesus needs to be simple in that way. Jesus needs no one to appreciate or applaud him in order for what he is to be valued. That's true for us. We don't need to be appreciated. We don't need to be applauded. We don't need to get a bunch of likes on Instagram to be valued, right? So in this time, when they would stand before people on a corner, when they would look and say their prayers out loud, and they would publicly do those things, and we think, oh, that's so silly, but really, is it so far from where we are trying to do these things, trying to have our moment of recognition where we want to see how many people appreciate, agree with, 
applaud us, comment on the things that we do. The Christianity that many of us has experienced has encouraged wearing masks. We don't say it outright. We don't say, yeah, we want you to wear a mask, but we want you to look a certain way. We want you to believe certain things. We want you to hold on to these things. And our, our weakness is hidden for fear of judgment. I can't let people know the things that I, I really think or the things I really do because if I let them know, they'll judge me and I'll be knocked down a few bars on the pedestal, the things that they are grading. And so I put up the the front and I can't let people know I'm struggling with depression because I'm a pastor. Pastors can't struggle with depression. Don't you have faith in God? Don't you trust God? And so when I hear pastors talking about them being on medication and how they've been kind of ostracized from their denomination or their group just because of those things, because they won't wear the mask, And I think we've all been a part of that or seen that in some way. The exposing of the, you know, evangelists or the big evangelical names. I remember going to a Paul McCartney concert and a friend of mine worked for Nederlander and at the Greek theater. And so he had all these connections. And so he was able to get us, this was years ago and it was at the forum. He was able to get us into the forum club and he was able to get us into a limousine that dropped us off in front of the forum club. And it was just like, cool, right? It's like, we're coming in here and I'm like, nobody, but I'm walking into the forum club through a limousine and, you know, a Paul McCartney concert. And there's people outside with cameras. I'm like, yeah, hey, hey. We had a pastor with us who is a pastor of a pretty large church. And this pastor from the pulpit talked about how foolish people were to take limousines. All they wanted to do was be seen by people. And here he is in the limousine with us. And we get out and what happens? He sees someone from his church who knows him. And he has to go out of his way to tell them, I didn't plan this, this wasn't on me. Someone else did it. He had to make sure that they knew that he wasn't a part of this, that he was, you know, no, I, I wasn't. Instead of just saying, hey, how's it going? Yeah, my friend got a limo hookup. Isn't this the coolest thing? Right? He had to cover it with the mask to make sure he looked a certain way. I remember speaking at a conference in La Paz one time and talking about how the pastors were using this term pretty regularly where we give people the whole counsel of God and that was interpreted as being we teach the whole Bible. And when I had one of the pastors aside, he and I were just talking over lunch, I go, that idea of the whole counsel of God taken from Acts, how could it mean the Bible when the Bible wasn't compiled for another 200 years? Don't you think that's disingenuous? And he agreed with me. He says, yeah, it can't mean that. But because of where he was and what was going on, he could not go on and say that because that was kind of a foundation for this group. You see, we are forced into this hypocrisy if we want to stay a part of these groups. And it happens in this religious circle in these areas. We're we're trying to have this piety, and so we put on these things. Some people, it's even financial. If you say, you know, I don't think that these stories in the Bible are literal. I think this is satire, or I think it's something else. You could lose your job and get fired. 
Now what do you do? You have to hold that in and say, okay, I, I, I can't teach that to the youth group because they'll fire me if I even mention those kinds of things, right? I can't have that opinion. I can't look at these things and discern them. I can't have this critical thinking because I'll be judged for it. And we put on these masks. Again, what about our social media status? If you Instagram your righteousness, you have no other reward. That's your receipt. You know, the definition for virtue signaling, I love this. It's the action of practicing or publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one's position. Mm, the moral correctness of one's position. I'm going to blast it out there. I'm going to throw this moral correctness all over my social media. I voted. Look what I did. See, it's so a part of our culture, it's hard to even sometimes understand what we're doing. I can do good without letting people know about it, which is different than posting so that others can join in it, right? And, and so we wanna, it's not like everything that's good has to be silenced. It, it, it again has to do with the motive. Let your good works be seen by others, but don't do it so that they can be seen. It's a discipline to not just have opinions and to know when it's okay to speak goodness into people's lives, to teach and to model something as an example. And when does it turn into this self-absorbed expression of pride? Because you, you can be doing this with all the good intentions and reasons, and then it changes just because of wanting to impress a certain person wanting not to be criticized by a certain group. And so I think all of us, if we're honest, are like the 10 freeway. We are constantly under construction. <laughs> At least over the last 30 years. My goodness. But isn't that true? We are constantly having to work on the motives and the intentions of our heart. And I think there is a mysterious connection that's, again, fascinating here that Jesus is bringing about in these three areas that were considered righteousness. The giving, the praying, the fasting. I think in some ways we need the poor because they reveal the kingdom. Not just in their situation, but in us. The idea of praying is moving towards the things that God is moving towards. And so we see the poor and we move towards that. And the fasting is actually an absence of strength. It's a weakness. 
And so we actually need the weakness because God is moving us in our own weakness to be strength to what is weak. And I I think it's just this beautiful picture because it's so disarming when you in weakness move towards someone else's weakness with care and concern and not to use it to lift yourself up. I wonder how many people are posting things because deep down there's fear. There's people who are afraid of being vaccinated and having to be vaccinated or their children having to be vaccinated. Why would I criticize, critique, and ridicule someone who's afraid? instead of moving in a place of weakness to try and encourage their fear to find hope and strength. See, there's a whole different way of moving in this direction. There are other people who are afraid that people who aren't vaccinated are going to infect them. And if I'm a person who's not vaccinated, why would I ridicule the person who has that concern for life in a way that would undermine it and not consider it. This model of moving towards weakness in prayer with our own weakness is disarming, and I think this is something that we need, right? Just like the poor reveal the kingdom of God and prayer and fasting or the absence of strength is how we are guided to the needs and are able to meet them. I think this is the secret things of the kingdom. I think this is the invisible things that we need to lean into, that we need to make manifest. This, this is the good work that we are to show others that they will see our Father in heaven and, and give him acknowledgement because there's almost an absence of us. And the clarity then becomes the ability to see the good and, and God is good. And so I I hope we will be challenged by these things. The idea of hypocrisy we will take to heart. I like to read these things and think, those Pharisees. And I don't like to look in the mirror and say, that Pharisee. Because when I do that, I, I, I need to change. And I need to own some stuff, right? I, I need to deal with some of the things that are there. And that's, that's a lot harder. But that's exactly what Jesus is doing. And that's what he's calling us to. Let's pray. Lord, it was the Apostle Paul who said that his strength was made perfect in weakness. And Lord, that is, I think, a theme here in what we're reading. Father, that beneath the mask for each of us is weakness, is vulnerability. We are fragile. We are like a vapor. Lord, our minds and feelings and lives change 
and pivot on so many things. Lord, may we learn to own that truth. May we learn to accept our weakness and not see it in this worldly realm as weakness, but to have a heavenly vision that sees it as genuine. Because it is only with the genuine that you can build. And so build in our lives, Lord, things that will remain, things that will last, things that will mature. So that people can see our lives, the things that we do, and see you through them. We do pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you guys that if I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I shared, any things that you picked up from that. So let's talk afterwards if you're able to stick around, if you have any questions. I don't know if I can answer. I can respond best I can. Um, but love to continue this conversation with all of you. And may you have the freedom to remove the mask and be genuine so that your light can be seen by those around you and your Father in heaven who sees in secret, be glorified and reward you. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.